Discerning spirits. We're gonna we're gonna move on this here. So, uh, just a quick recap. Um, so, digging into this spiritual gift and figuring out if you have it, and you know this is the supernatural ability to perceive the why behind what is said and done in any given situation in order to help the body of Christ. Again, it's to help the body of Christ because we've covered this can be a very carnal gift as well, and uh, it's dangerous. It's easy to glorify yourself with it. And we can be right with the people that have this gift. In fact, it was funny. Um, my wife texted me. She's in New Jersey. That's why she's not here. So she's back uh, tomorrow. But uh, she texted me the other morning. She goes, you ready for this? And then, of course, she doesn't text anything after that. There's a cliffhanger. And I'm just like, and, and like half the time when I read a text like that, I, I'm like, no, not really. Especially if I'm, you know, got other stuff going. I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to. I really don't want to know, but you're going to tell me anyway. So uh, so she texts, she goes, well, you called it. I'm like, called what? And then she explained what it was. And I, this was a thing that I, <laughs> I said it in jest. I was like, well, I was like, and this was like over a year or so ago. I was like, well, I was like, so-and-so is going to do this, 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 and this, and this is going to be the outcome. And I just kind of, said it and I moved on. Well, I didn't think much about it, but my wife obviously recorded it and uh, and she texted me about <laughs> about it the other morning and I was just like, oh wow. I was like, yeah, okay, I do remember talking about that. And so it was, it was just one of those things where I was like, I was glad that it wasn't a bad thing, it was actually a good thing, so I was thankful for that. But at the same time, it's just like, you gotta watch what you say, who you say it in front of, you got to discern that. You got to think, speak, then act. And it's not always, uh, if your emotions get in front of it, it's not always what happens. So we looked at the definitions of this and the corresponding verses that discerning is being able to perceive the difference between two things. And the spirit aspect of it is the true motive of people that causes them to say and do things. That causes them to say and do things. We covered if we covered. How if being saved, we all have an element of this gift, but some people have a double dose of it or supernatural aspect of it uh, that they carry around with them. And that, uh, you know, those with this spiritual discernment can interpret statements, situations, environments, and people to determine if they are righteous or unrighteous. So again, is this you? Have you noticed, is this something that you're able to kind of fish out of people kind of quickly. You know, you're not always taking people at face value. I'm not saying that you always have to take everybody as them being suspect or whatever, but is there an aspect to you that just kind of just listens to people and you're just kind of like, well, I don't know about all that that you're saying. So we pick up here. And someone with this spirit supernatural gift can apply it more instantly to people and situations, and exercising this gift can protect the body of Christ from false prophets, people whose spirits are not right, who are seeking to influence 
you and others. And we've talked about that. You run across these people that want to have a negative influence on you. And the question is, are you going to let them? And that is where all of us having this aspect of discernment have to really pay attention to that. You can pick that out. You're saved and somebody's trying to get you into something you know you shouldn't, stand up on it. You're either going to stand up or you're, or you're going to cave. It's your decision. At the end of the day, if it's a sin matter, it is your choice. It's your choice. We have a choice to sin or we have a choice not to sin. So getting into the biblical examples here, obviously we have, we have Christ in, in, uh, in some examples here. And uh, so Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the, um, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and who can know it? And our God knows it, and that's a fact. I know my heart can be... I have to check it oftentimes, but you get into uh, to Matthew 9, 4, and I want you to see the pattern with these verses, getting into these examples with, with Christ. And it says, Matthew 9, 4, And Jesus, knowing their heart, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore, think ye evil in your hearts, your thoughts and your heart. They coincide with each other. Okay. So, you know, Matthew 9, 4, and then Matthew 15, 7 through 9. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men, and we touched that a little on a little bit about that with the doctrines that they teach. That they're more into the philosophical side and man's wisdom and exalting that over the word of God. But this is a heart matter. Where are they putting their hearts? Where are you putting your hearts? But you got to watch out for this. And Christ discerns us with people. We're going to come back and look at these real quick, and then uh, and then uh, Luke nine uh, Luke nine forty six through fifty. I don't have it on there. It says. Then there arose reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest. And this is the disciples going back and forth with each other. And, and Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child and set it and set him by him. And it goes and he goes on in those sets of verses that talk about it's the humility aspect. And when you think about little kids and how genuine the day could be, they say they speak honestly and they act honestly. Okay, so. Um, the humility aspect that comes into this with discerning of spirits is absolutely key. And then going back a little bit with the uh, verses in Matthew, oftentimes, you know, Jesus knowing your thoughts said, wherefore ye think evil in your hearts. And I'm able to pick up on this pretty quickly. I know Andy's able to and Jamie as well. Like I said, this kind of sticks out for our gift. But... Um, one aspect of it being with fellow believers and keeping company with them and friendships, you're going to get more in tune to be able to listen to people that have that malintent, that have, that have ulterior motives. So, again, it comes back to the friends that you keep. If you guys are building your friendships here and you go out in the world and you're witnessing with people or you're just being a tester, you're just being you. If you just go out and you be you and you're going to come across these folks, you're going to know it. It's going to stand out to you. You know, because you're building up your heart, you're guarding your heart against these things, and it and it and it stands out. Does that make sense? Okay. 
And then, and then, fifteen seven through nine, Jesus discerns, you know, with this group here, and this is, you know, this was, a, if I recall, this was a the scribes or Pharisees that he was addressing in this, uh, where he's talking about, you know, these people drawing nigh to him with their mouths, but their hearts are far from him. Jesus discerns and hits these guys hard, and that's what we have to do sometimes. We got to hit these people with it. Don't. Don't be sissified with these people. Jesus discerns and he hits them hard. Do you pick up on this where people, where, they, where they're good at God talk? You get some people, they're good at God talk. You listen to them talk, and man, they can talk a good spiritual game. I remember Mike Blake at camp talking about prayer. <laughs> he put it, people that can pray a sexy prayer, really good at praying. I mean, you listen to them talk, and man, it's just like a hot knife through butter. You think, man, you listen to them praying, like, man. They really got their spiritual act together. And then you get on a one-on-one conversation with them and find out, man, they got a lot of filth coming out of their mouth. And you're just like, well, who's the guy who's up there praying in front of the whole group? And now you start looking, now that's, man, that triggers me right there. I'm like, oh, okay, now we got somebody who likes the spotlight. We got somebody who wants some spotlight on them, and they want the public, they want the, they want the wow factor from people. They want the attention. They're attention seekers. Okay, and those are people that can typically be good at God talk, and oftentimes they're big. And again, they're big on the teachings of men. They can be false teachers and preachers. They want to tickle your ears. They're good salesmen. Oftentimes, and Jesus calls us out. Jesus calls us out, and we got to be in the business of calling that out. You know, I have to really be careful with that if I'm going to call somebody out on it. You know, you got to have your facts in line. You don't just listen to somebody talk for a few minutes and be like, okay. You, you, you watch for patterns. You pay attention to patterns with how people are. And that's what can really, you know, kind of kind of do it for me as you start seeing the patterns of people and you're just like, hmm, okay. So, so moving on here with uh, biblical examples. Go to Acts 8. So we're going to look at a few of these and then we'll wrap it up. Are you? Oh, well, you're not prayed for and I'm stealing half your lesson. That works out. <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> so I want to look at this one. I, I thought this was good. We're only going to look at a, a few of these. We're going to leave a couple of them out or one of them out. So Acts 8. Do I have this on here? No, not yet. Just because it was a lot. So, so again, you got to keep in mind, Acts being a transitional book... There's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in the book of Acts. You still have some miracles taking place. You still have Jews who needed a sign being needed convincing. And uh, this is all leading into the establishment of the church and the Word of God being, being completed. You still didn't have a completed Bible at this time. So there was still a lot of weird things taking place in the book of Acts. And this is one of them. So in 14, now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Again, this is all in transition, so you see what's going on here. For as yet ye he was for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Again, this is transitional, so pay attention to what's going on here. And when Simon saw that through laying on the, of the apostles' hands of the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. 
Okay, this is Simon the Sorcerer. This is Simon the Sorcerer. He's seeing this going on. He's watching this take place. He's like, I want that. But his heart's not right in the right place. He's even buy in on this. This ain't a poker game. Right? So, and when Simon saw that through laying on the hand, the uh, laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Spotlighter. This guy want he wants this guy wants God's glory. Think about it. He's seeing this take place. He's like, I want that. It's not about souls. It's not about the souls of men. It's about this guy exalting himself. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee. He, man, he slams him on this. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. That resonates true to this day. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. I mean, just letting this guy have it. Repent, therefore, of, thy, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. That's hardcore. That is hardcore. And ultimately, do we have the stomach to use the Word of God against somebody as such? Now, granted, again, that was a pretty unique time with what was taking place, and this guy watches it come on. But these people are still out there. These people are still out there that are looking for this kind of fame. And it's not, it's not theirs to take. This is God's. So Acts 16, 16 through 18. I don't think you guys, you don't guys, you guys don't have to go there. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel. This is the, uh, this is Paul and the young devilish damsel. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Okay? So Paul, and it's interesting when I was putting this together, I got to thinking about you know, how Paul was so instrumental in the establishment of the church and just how he was he was a pharisee of pharisees and now he's you know he's on fire he's he's utilized to establish a church there's no question that god gave him a super dose of discernment because they're running across all these people during this transition time that either need rebuked or ultimately they get saved but you read about all this through the book of Acts. So I don't think there's any question, there's no accident that God gave him a lot of supernatural discernment when it came to figuring these people out. So, this gift is the ability to criticize 
find fault, and it generally does not turn off like we've talked about. Those with this gift can discern comments and situations with people, their spirits all the time, which can be tiresome. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall not reap if we faint not. And this is that being weary, it's, it's, it's being exhausted from this. And that's where judgments can be, you can misjudge on these things as well. But I also think about this too, with what this talks about. Being able to criticize, find fault, and paying attention to these kinds of things. I think about the leadership dynamic that we have in here between the families that, that, that are leading this group. And like I said, I'm rather convinced that Corey's is word, word of wisdom, or word of knowledge, rather. Yeah, word, huh? Not wisdom. No. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> Definitely not wisdom. Because they're bad. He's not even here to defend himself. But uh, I think a lot of our responsibility between you and I and, and your wife, and, that, and I'm not exempting my wife because, again, I think hers is word of knowledge as well. But I, I think a lot of it is, is protection. I think a lot of it is just to protect him because there's numerous instances that I've been privy of information to. Church has fallen apart because the senior pastor did not have discernment and he had the wrong people around him. Yeah. He had the wrong people in leadership positions and they had ulterior motives and those churches got divided and either they're completely gone or their congregations went different directions for all the wrong reasons. They had the wrong divisions. They didn't go do church plants. They planted out of aggression and they planted out of anger and emotion. Right. And a lot of that comes from the fact that the wrong people were in leadership positions because discernment was not <coughs> utilized. That is key. And, a part, and I honestly think that's a part of our service in here is, is kind of protecting him from that kind of thing. So that's, that's something that you guys got to think about too is this, again, you're developing these gifts and seeing how they're going to play out and how you're going to serve God going <coughs> forward, especially when you graduate and get out of here, you're really going to, the heat's going to get turned up on you guys. doesn't matter where you go, workforce, college, whatever. So you really got to start figuring this out and seeing people for who they really are. So, um, <laughs> so look again. <laughs> what? Was that the rapture trumpet? <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just humming. I was getting my place. I was getting my place back on my sheet. I didn't know it was going to be funny, but okay. All right. So, so yeah, these people we can be considered judgmental if they're voicing strong opinions, which we do voice strong opinions. We're not really afraid to, <laughs> with little with little or no evidence. Guilty sometimes. They need to learn how to try the spirits and wait as things unfold. And then you got 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. We just covered that in all these biblical examples with Paul and Jesus. They're out there. So, those with this gift must be careful. You have to be careful. Their perception may not always be 100%. And I talked about that last week with the guy that I had completely wrong. And now we're friends, and I love that. God may be working in people who are speaking falsely, and there is a high level of deceit in those situations, making it 
harder to discern. And this is where I have to have grace with the people that that are the God talkers because they drive me crazy. It's it because I want to have grace with them. And that's one of the things several years ago I worked with Scott McLean and him and I would talk a lot about spiritual matters. And a lot of times and this is where I finally learned it's a very key element that I was missing. I did not approach things from an aspect of grace. He approached things from an aspect of grace. I was always coming with this, I just want to, you know, irritated with something. Then he's like, well, have you looked at it this way? Have you looked at it that way? And I'm like, no, but I guess I should. (laughs) But I needed to learn that. I needed to learn how to look at people with some grace. And I'm glad that was, if there's anything out of the time him and I worked together that I take away that was absolute gold value was that. And now I look at that. And so we're talking about these people here that could be good at this God talk, and I always want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But okay, there's a lot of elements that they understand. Now, I pray about them being genuine. It's because like, I know they're not genuine. I know that there's a genuinity aspect that is completely missing, and it's not my job to, to teach them that. It's not really something you can teach somebody. they got to kind of figure it out one way or another, whether it's through their own spiritual walk or whatever it may be. But I have to have grace with people like that, and it is, it is not easy. Go ahead. Just one other thing, talking about like the caution and warning of this particular gift. You know what I find is that for me personally, something I have to constantly be thinking about, praying about, is am I being hypercritical and hypercynical? Because mm-hmm. what I find is that because you're discerning all the time, you're you're seeing a lot of negative things. Yep. Like you're, you're discerning like the things that are wrong and correct, negative, and you start getting this like negative feedback loop where you think, well, everything is like disingenuous and everything is this, and every, you know, like because that's what you see 24/7. So you become hypercritical and negative and pessimistic at times, um, and that's where that grace comes in is like remembering that, like, at the end of the day, the discernment is a gift to be able to further the gospel, not necessarily to like be right all the time. Right. Um, and so like one of those things you have to be cautious of is just to be getting to that point where like you become a negative, <coughs> pessimistic, angry, bitter Vain person, thoughts. And you have to protect yourself against that. My guilty, uh, uh, when I get like that, I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about because you just continue down that, that hill. But then I start getting vain thoughts. And that's, that's where my wife will put me in check, thankfully, because I'll start talking these things. Because I'll harbor them for a while. And then I start talking about them, and then she, you know, she's able, she's like, that's, not like, she's like, you're way off. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. So she'll bring me back in to check on that, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, and that's part of how, you know, our relationship balances it out, balances us out spiritually. But First John 2, 18, little children, it is the last time as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They're all over the place out there, okay? So, again, in conclusion with this, there's a lot of negative, but ultimately this, this gift is to edify and glorify God. And, and I try to find the better betterment in people. I, I try to look for the, the glass half full. The aspect of them is how can I encourage them? That's the other thing with this gift is the flip side of it, aside from the negative, is a lot of times we're able to see the talent. We're able to see people and their potential. We say, man, they really made a turn. 
okay, now we see they, they repented of the trash that they had going on. I and mean, we've seen a lot of it after camp this year. It's been a huge encouragement to us yes. as leaders. And it's like, okay, now that we have this gift, it's time for us to go on it. Now, how can we serve you guys and encourage you and have you guys continue down this the righteous path, God's righteous path? Because it's like, okay, now you threw it in gear. So that's a lot of this gift as well, is being able to see that when you guys make these turns and then and then we get and then we get on you for the right reasons. It's like, okay, now it's time to encourage. So it's not always negative and it's not always this lie detector that's going around. It's looking at like, okay, there's a lot of potential here. So you identify that and we go on it. Yep. And that's what I got. You're up. Very specific. That I have to finish today, no matter what. <clears throat> so bear with me. It's gonna be great. Just to piggyback off what Rick said, a couple things. Uh, really quick, you know, I can speak for the group, but for the leaders, we, we are really proud of this group. Now, don't let that go to your head. We've been through highs and lows the past seven years where we've seen, but I'm not done yet. We were proud of this group. We are no longer happy with this group. No, but we, we, we've been here long enough that we've seen senior high up, down, up, down, up, down. And believe me, you don't know the way to ministry until you've come in and done it. You guys that all work with the, the kids and all that, that's great and that's fun and that's a great segue into ministry because it's important what you guys do with the little kids, that is ministry. And if you're serving in there. Seriously. Reclaiming my time. Actually, I do like messy, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, let's do it. All right. Not digressing. Anyway, we want to see you guys continue in your roles. So if you are serving elsewhere, okay, you're keeping busy doing that, doing the work for the Lord, that's important. Seeing you guys take lead on your own studies, that's fantastic. Girls, maybe you're not as up to date as the guys. We've had so many, but that's okay. We love you. You're doing great. Keep it going. But kind of off what Rick was saying as well, that, you know, discerning of spirits, it's tough. It is. And a lot of you guys know my background on the story. Uh, not, I mean, again, this segues into this. Being a cop is not easy. I used to be a nice guy. I think you've heard me say this. He sold cell phones. I mean, I was a sweetheart. He did. So I was. I was so just, oh, give me a hug, friend. Now if you try and do that, I'm going to kick you in the face. The job does change you because you see the world for what it is. And I really think that's kind of what drew out that, that gift in a way of seeing people who they are. However, and I thank God for this every day, is that with that discerning spirit, I'm not as mean as people might think. In fact, I will throw her under the bus because I love her, but Jamie has a meaner spirit than me by nature. She's nodding her head. It's true. That even when I, if I get into a fight with somebody, like a physical fight, like if I'm working a deal, I've had guys, hey man, I'm sorry we fought. Bro, it's okay. No hard feelings. Like I can quickly forgive and move on from that. Some of you probably like, screw that guy. I want to hate him forever. I, I, I know, honey. I know that's you. <laughs> you don't, you don't got to broadcast it. But I mean, in the moment, yeah, I'm going to rip your freaking head off. Like I don't care. But I've learned that over the years. Like, God, thank you for allowing me to be able to forgive them. Because at the end of the day, you know, we are about winning souls for Christ. I don't want whoever I have a quarrel with, I don't want that person to go to hell. And hopefully you guys have that same 
spirit, that same pull in your heart. At the end of the day, we may not see eye to eye on a lot of things, no matter what it is, whether it's a, a, a ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, or old best friend, whatever it is, we cannot hold that animosity towards somebody at all. So if you guys have that going, deal with it with God. Get rid of that. Because I'm telling you right now, when you, when you let that build up, and you let, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, animosity. Animosity, but no. Uh, oh my gosh. Huh? Bitterness, thank you. Letting bitterness seep in is like one of the worst feelings ever. And if you're honest, you know what that feels like. It's like, oh my gosh. It's, it's, it like rips apart at your heart. And some of you are nodding your head like maybe you've been there. It's not a good feeling. Even I will say it's not a good feeling. But to go off of Rick of what he was saying at the end, um, drawing a blank of the verse, but Ephesians 5.5 5, where it says, walk ye not as fools, but circumspectly and wise. That's the key thing out of also discernment. I, I really think they go hand in hand. You guys need to walk around with your head on a swivel. And to touch on that, where we talked about churches breaking at the end, where they were trying to uproot, talk to Stephen. Talk to Pastor Stephen, what happened to his dad's church. He'll tell you that story. Brings tears to his eyes every time, but he shares it because it's important. Talk about evil, trying to... You had bad people in leadership, because I was at that church, and I was such a new Christian, like not even a year. I'm like, what is happening? It just crumbled, and people went here, and some went here, and some went here. They just scattered. So if you really want to hear more of that story, ask him about it. He'll share it with you. Yes? And stuff like that really messes people up. Mm-hmm. It sends them in the wrong direction. We have a mutual friend. Um, well, I mean, they became our friends after meeting, I got the other, but that they're like in weird doctrine now because of that whole split. Like it has yes. completely redirected their walk with God and where they are today. Sweet people would give the shirt off their back, but they're not walking properly with the Lord because of that lack of discernment. Correct. So in in some cases, you all may have a little bit, some more than others. I think part of that does come with maturity as you grow, as you grow in your walk, as you grow, again, physically, spiritually, I mean, all, all aspects. You do see it. You do see it when you work more in a worldly job, Jamie and nursing. Rick and, you know, in the IT field and being out. I mean, it, I think it just, it does come with age. Some, you might just have it and you're either cursed. <laughs> I know we joke around about that. And there's times, again, where like Rick said, we can be wrong about those things. Yeah. Own up to it. It's not a big deal. But we genuinely, every single one of us, we care for every single one of you. 100%. Okay? We want to see you guys succeed, thrive, do better than we ever did. Because you were more equipped at your age than any of us ever were. So we might be hard on you, especially if I disciple you. <laughs> Challenging you. We want to see you guys grow. Can I jump off that real quick? You shouldn't jump, but sure. I'm just going to be straight with some of y'all. Some of y'all need to open up. You guys are close. Some of you are closed books. And we don't know why. I mean, it is your choice at the end of the day. But yep. some of you are very boxed off. And... If that ever changes in your heart, just know that we're here. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it straight up. You know, we'd like to see some of you guys open up a little more because we know that that is gonna grow you spiritually. Yep. yep. That's gonna grow you spiritually if you if you kind of put put some of these stumbling blocks out of the way. Right. And I can't remember who I was even talking to in the group yesterday. I mean, I even think I brought up that verse about walking circumspectly. Whoever that was, I'm sorry if I forgot. It was cold, wet, we were all tired. But it's true, you know, we're walking around. If you were in my group yesterday, I'm doing this. 
just got to accept the guy who popped out and scared me. I'll give it to him. He shook my hand like, okay, you got me. I didn't jump like a little girl, Noah, but I did, uh, I owned up to it. Like he got me. So anyway, let's jump into this. This one I've been told by Corey himself from the mouth of Corey that I have got to get this done and it's going to be black and white word for word, guys. All right, because we only have that glare. 15? We'll make it. Ephesians 4.11. Let's go there real quick if you're not there. A lot of this is going to be a repeat. I love this evangelism because I really think this is a gift that, well, it's a gift that others have more than others. That, that's true. We'll, we'll, be, we'll put it there. But we are all called to do this. We have a mall ministry that you guys have put together. You have evangelism opportunities at your schools with friends, if you're on sport teams, because if you're at homeschool, you don't really get to do that. Sorry. But you do. I'm just kidding for you homeschool kids. Just messing. You can, you're still partakers in this. Ephesians 4.11, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some, what's the word? And some pastors and teachers. So what is evangelism? Here it is again. There's that big word. The supernatural ability to share the gospel boldly, easily, and creatively with nearly anyone to build and edify the whole body of Christ. Some of you guys are just naturally good at that. I think of a person that comes to mind that I've always admired, and this is a she. Again, I know last time I talked, we talked about another female who is just always um, joyful and exceeds or exuberates great faith in, in, uh, in Liz, Elizabeth Jordan. But I think of uh, Tammy Peters as well. Corey, you're nodding your head. I mean, I see the leaders back there. Tammy is very soft-spoken but so sweet, she can walk up to anybody, and I mean anybody, and almost win them to the Lord. Yes? She's discipling me. You got a great one. I just, like, I just have to say you are so right. I know. Every, Discerning the spirit. Like, I, just, I just need to say, because, like, she always has people over at her house, and she's yeah. always telling me about people that she's messaging, and she's just, yes. she's just, she can say things to people that nobody else can. You know I love, Tammy, if you're listening, I absolutely adore you. I and love you, Tammy. And I think it's amazing. So honestly, that's somebody to watch. She's just very supernaturally gifted at doing so. Now, I'm not saying you have to be the most eloquent speaker to be an evangelist. You just have to be bold. Again, we're talking about easily. Some, it just comes easy to others. You can still do it. Who here has gone in the mall ministry? Who here has cowered out the mall? Yeah, it's not easy. For some, it's easier, but you're out there. You're doing it. You're doing, you're doing the work. Our job is to witness. That's it. Share the good news, a.k.a. the gospel, right? So it's to edify the whole body of Christ. At the end of the day, Warren, we've talked about this. I've challenged you. Warren is not allowed to graduate discipleship until he goes and does this, and I have to watch him. And if he screws up, we're going to keep going, and we're going to keep going, and we're going to keep going, and I'm going to kick him in the butt until he gets it. That's part. So if you want discipled by me, it's pretty great, but... That's what we're going to do. And it's not to put you on the spot, but it's just to see, hey, this is what we're called to do. Just do it. I'll have opportunities with people I arrest. It may not always go the best way, but we'll talk in the back seat, and I'll kind of let it linger back there. And he's like, yeah, you right. You right. I got, I got change. I mean, whether it's working or not, I'm trying. You plant the seed, whether it grows or not. But we always have opportunities. There's not a time in a day where you can't go up to a single person. There isn't. And I'm talking to the leaders. I'm talking to myself. We waste so much time. It doesn't have to be on a mall ministry date that you guys set up. It doesn't. Go to school. 
when you go out to lunch afterwards, maybe you want to invite me. I don't know. Buy my lunch. Just go do it. What is so hard? Now, don't be that guy. We've all been that person with a track walking around. Drop. That's not evangelizing. No. That's littering. <laughs> can it work? Against the law too. It is. But can it work? Yes. However, that's not what that God is telling us to do. Okay? If it is, everybody be doing it. I'm like, oh, here you go. Pick these up and read it. You know that's not going to happen. I'll never forget, I was in singles once, yes, a long time ago, and I was with Jerry Carneal. If you guys don't know who that is, he's a deacon over at uh, Greentown, and we were downtown Akron when it was not as crappy as it is now, and we're down there, and I th- it was some festival during the summer, I don't even know what it was, but we're walking around, we're doing evangelism ministry, and uh, I've always had, I think, the gift of gab, not necessarily for, for good, <laughs> I just... I can basically almost talk to anybody and befriend somebody. That is something I was always able to do. So I had to learn how to do that better for proper edification of getting the word out there. And again, I, that might be one of my other gifts. I don't know. I'm still, it's a toss up. But I can go up to anybody. I'm not afraid to speak on these things. It's just getting it started, right? But when, when we go to evangelize, just listen, by the way. Just listen. Yes. Ask, sit back, wait. Let them, let them talk. You'd be shocked at how often they talk themselves, am I right, into a conversation like, I'm glad you asked. Let them do it. Let them step on their own foot. They will. I'm not joking. It happens. But this guy we walked up to, we're trying to evangelize, and I'll never forget, he's sitting there. Hey, sir, you mind if I ask you about what happens when you die? Can I talk to you? Talk about, I mean, that stabbed me in the heart. Like, this guy's not even giving me the opportunity. So we had to walk away because he was just a tough-looking dude. I kind of wanted to fight him. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, you're going to listen to me. But he sat there, just didn't even say a word, just so rude. And I remember Jerry, uh, yeah, Jerry pulled me aside because I was discouraged. He said, one day, when he stands before God, he's going to remind him of that opportunity. Point of the matter, can't win them all. Just try and move on. I can't help what, if he wants to reject it or not. We tried. I guarantee at some point before that guy's been asked, and I'm, hopefully if he's still alive, he's been asked again. Who knows? But we can't fret on those things. It's not up to us. So sometimes evangelism can be very discouraging because we feel like we're not getting anywhere. That is okay. I have invited countless people to church back in my day in the youth as well. Uh, I should say singles. And... I felt like, you know, why, why, why wasn't it me leading somebody to the Lord? Why wasn't it me? I, I've witnessed to so many people this time, nothing. It doesn't matter. So what? Somebody else had an opportunity with somebody that I may have brought and led them. It took time. It's not about us. It's about God getting the glory. If you're one of those people, don't be. Let it go. So what if Bella brings somebody from, from sports team and she's been trying for a year to get to, you know, to witness to her. And then Shay actually has an open door there. They befriend each other, and Shay leads her to the Lord. Fantastic. Thank you for bringing her. Great job. It's a team effort at the end of the day. It's not about you. God gets the glory, right? You guys struggle with that? Anyone ever been like, man, I've been trying. How come so-and-so did it? It's not about you. So let's move it on here. Basic details. Evangelism. What is it? It's a bearer or messenger of good news. The gospel. The word evangelist is mentioned three times three times in the entire Bible, with only Philip. That's where I was going with Acts. Thank you, Rick. Philip, 
specifically named an evangelist. Uh, we can go here for now, just for time's sake. We're going we're gonna to skip on a few, but we can do these three. Acts 21. Let's go back there. Acts 21.8. And the next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist. There it's mentioned which was one of the seven and abode with him. Turn with me. Oh, we already did Ephesians 4.11. Go to 2 Timothy 4.5. 2 Timothy 4.5. If I can find it. There it is. Who's there and wants it? Go ahead. Anybody? Do the work. We are all called to evangelize. That is everybody's gift, whether, again, some are not as good or others. Back to that. It's not as easily. Dustin, you're not really a talker. But guess what? There's no reason you cannot evangelize to your coworkers or your friends at school. Ray, I think I've heard you say two words ever. There's no reason why you can't go evangelize. Okay? I'm picking on you because I don't hear you talk. Okay. <laughs> Some of you talk so much, full of hot air and other gases that are not on the element. However, is it good? Are you edifying? No. High quality. High quality, yeah. Guys, get out there. Get out there. Seniors, last year, it doesn't mean evangelism stops after you graduate, but make it your last. Come on, go out swinging with it. I, I'm excited for tomorrow night because I think we're going to see something very powerful. Corey, I don't know if you have any insight about tomorrow night with Dr. Dr. Sharp. We're going to see things that I hope when we see these videos and pictures that it's just going to like, okay, we got work to do because it's, it's yeah. we're, we're there. We're there. I think we just need to finally share as much as we can, knowing again, if, we, if this was our last Christmas coming up, <laughs> keep it up. <laughs> knowing this could be our last Christmas, Holiday coming up, leading into the spring. I mean, who knows? But treat it like it is. Yeah. I'm serious. You guys are going to see some stuff tomorrow night. Wow. It's going to be nuts. So again, the word evangelism is not found anywhere in the Bible at all. It's derived from the word evangelist. Evangelism is what evangelist does. So what is evangelism? What, H? I can't hear you. Oh, thank you. So what's the biblical example of Philip? Philip was just an ordinary disciple used in extra, extraordinary ways. You guys are ordinary. That's okay. I'm ordinary. I'm odd. I get it. Shut up. That wasn't supposed to be an amen moment, but we're ordinary people. Some of the most dangerous people in the world. Just a common man with a Bible. Ordinary people. It's true. Within the, the proper context, it's true. But it, honestly, you go out there and you know this book in and out, you're dangerous. You really are. It may not be the cool thing to, to do at school, but man, what an opportunity for ministry for you guys who maybe have a little bit more of that boldness behind you, that fire lit, that you feel like, you know what? I kind of do have that gift of gab. Why am I not being more bold? Maybe it's not as easy. I mean, I understand the gospel. I know how to present it, 
do it to yourself in your room. Practice it. What's wrong with it? It's, it's very, very, I mean, raise your hand. Does everybody here clearly know how to present the gospel? I'm calling you out. Do you know how? Does that mean you don't? If you don't, we'll talk. It's not hard. It is so easy. And if you don't, shame on us. We will help you. Okay? I'll put that blame on Corey. If you really don't know how. And if you're a freshman, I'm going to put it on Andrew and Sarah. Just kidding. <laughs> but we will help you. It's not difficult. Okay? Laying it out there. Let them respond. Okay. Ordinary. I just read this. No. For time's sake, let's just go to Acts 6. We're not going to do 8, 1 through 13, and 26, 40, but let's do Acts 6, 1 through 8. Because I have instructions to be done. <laughs> and we will be done. Can I get a reader? My voice is a little hoarse. <clears throat> Who wants it? Kendall, is that you? Uh, 6, 1 through 8, please. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. For we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands upon them. I think it's just through six. Oh, I'm no, I'm sorry. Keep keep going through eight. Okay. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Thank you. Sorry about that. I, I want to think it's Timon, not Timon, but who knows? Every time uh, you know. means no worries. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about the first deacon, Philip, ordinary. Let's look at it here. Philip was one of the first deacons in the church, picked out by the church, by the picked out of the church by the church because of his godly character. We do that here. We vote, we cast our vote of our next deacons. I always kind of had that mentality as like, well, if it, if it ain't broke, why fix it? You know, I think we do have good deacons, but that's how we do so. This is a prime example for them to conduct business over us to help the pastors, just like us as leaders in here, to help the pastors, whether he's an intern or not. We have to help him. We have to keep him grounded. Extraordinary. He used his supernatural gifts anywhere. Anywhere. God needed him to at any time. Anywhere and any time applies to you. Doesn't say sometimes. Doesn't just say a few places. It's any, anywhere and any time. That means all the time. That means that should be majority of your conversations. Okay? You feel what I'm saying? And I will say on that note, make sure you read chapter 8 later on today. Because yes. It's a perfect example of how he was able to do that. Thank you. Just for time's sake, we're not going to go there. All right? But underline that in 2640 as well. Do that later, please. So even the Apostle Paul may not have had... This spiritual gift, can you, Paul, really? You guys seeing this? When we look at the New Testament, we just think Paul, 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 Paul. All of his epistles. He didn't even really have this. 
because he prayerfully asked for boldness to speak, as he ought to speak. Meaning what? Paul was probably a little scared, a little reserved, a little pulled back. That's some of you guys probably, right? I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm not a great speaker. I'm not the best speaker, but I'm not afraid to speak. I mean, there is a difference in that. You can put me in front of a thousand people. I don't care. I'll walk up and just embarrass myself and do what I need to do to break the ice. It doesn't bother me. Some of you don't even like getting up here amongst your peers. I don't care who I stand in front of. I don't care if it's on national TV. It really doesn't bother me. I'm not here to brag about it. It's just, I don't know. I can do it. So if you wanted me to go out there and be bold, I'll do it. I might stumble a few things, but I'll, I'll settle in. Don't be afraid to share what you already know. Again, Corey, this might be a good opportunity just to re, rehash some gospel things, you know, going into the year here, or yeah, end of the year. Uh, again, especially for those who don't know, th- this stuff isn't hard, you guys. This is the stuff that's easy because it's called, called us to do. You know, I don't care if you don't have this book memorized front to back or, or know the seven dispensations. <laughs> I'm still going through them. I mean, it's, it's a lot. You know, JBI will help you with those things, but they're not needed to save anybody. You just need the gospel. That is it. If you don't remember anything else in here, know the gospel, because we're supposed to share it with people. That is it. We're, host, we're supposed to win souls for Christ. The other stuff is just icing on the cake. It's good. It helps you understand a little bit more. I'm like, oh, okay. It gets things in the proper context when you know church history. All that is great, but it's not needed to win souls to Christ. You understand? So leading people to Christ is an incredible privilege and command. What's that word? And command. Meaning what? We're told to do it. It's a command. The next step in God's plan is to disciple new believers so that they become strong. Matthew 28, 18. Again, look at that later. We know why we do that. We know why we, we disciple. Okay, so after someone gets saved, I, I personally think the best time to do it is strike while the iron's hot. Do you have to? No. Can you be saved through discipleship? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Great opportunity. You can evangelize through discipleship. Yeah. With your, I honestly love our senior high stuff. It is the most simple, basic form. I write it in my Bible. Mm-hmm. Why complicate it? I mean, it's not really like the Bible is hard. It, it can be overwhelming. When we look at this, like, hmm. That is a lot. We're going back and forth and you know, in time, trying to figure out what happened here. Now I gotta go back to the old testament for it to make sense here. Like, wait, what? No. What does Tom say? Kiss. Keep it simple, saint. Yeah. I like to say keep it simple, stupid. Because I can be stupid. It's true. This is not hard. Keep it simple. Reference your discipleship packet. If you haven't, take those notes, put them in your Bible. That's what I do. I insert them right there. I tell that to Warren. You're going to revert back to that more than anything. Trust me, it's awesome. Easiest way to share. This will be harder work for the gifted evangelist, and they may tend to avoid work and stick to what they are good at. Letter D, for those having this spiritual gift, they may see the non-gifted as lazy in evangelism. Lazy. Gifted evangelists should work hard at encouraging the non-gifted in this great work of God. Just because someone's not great at that, do not discourage them. Uplift them even more. I'm going to keep poking at you two to encourage you because it's what you're commanded to do. I'm just messing with you guys right now. There's more. Trust me. We're going to push you guys. Girls, too. We're going to push you. If you don't think you're good at it, (laughs) great. Lady leaders, 
<laughs> lady leaders, that's funny. Push the girls. It's true, you have just the same responsibility. You guys have bigger mouths. Do it. Get out there, evangelize. E, if character is tied to this gift, such as Philip as a deacon, which we just learned here in Acts, an evangelist who stumbles into sin can cause grave eternal consequences for those depending on him. Guys, even David, man after, I think, Corey, you just mentioned this here today. The man after God's own heart screwed up. You're going to screw up. We are screw-ups. We deserve hell every single day. Every single one of us, even our pastor. Because if you know that, he's, he's boldly said this from the pulpit, if you know the thoughts that I have, the things that I thought about this week, you wouldn't want me up here. Same goes for me, goes for Corey, goes for Rick, especially goes for our wives. They're way worse. But it's true. We, we don't deserve this, but David screwed up. You guys know the story with Uriah the Hittite? I want, I want her. Send him out to die. Who does that? That's wicked, man. He's still saved. I'm telling you this to encourage you. Remember, you cannot lose your salvation. If you are genuinely saved and you know Jesus Christ, you can't lose it if you wanted to. It's saved its instant. It's permanently there. You can go, could not go to hell if you tried. I'm telling you right now. It's there. It's permanent. It's sealed forever. Does not give you the reason to go act a fool. Live it up the way you want. Because if you're truly saved and you're feeling convictions of those, ah, I don't want to do those things. I don't like how I feel when I do that. That's good. That's conviction. All right? Going back to this, I think we're... Uh, am I on E? Yes, E. If character is tied to this gift, again, going off evangelism. No, did I read that? Yes. Stumbling on sin, that's right. Don't do it. Encourage one another. F. While some are gifted by God as evangelists, all of us are to do the work of an evangelist. You will know it is a gift you do not have if it is harder. Harder for you to do. Go to 2 Timothy 4 5 later, just for time, because we're already seven after. Just highlight that and go later. And last one, G. Can you think of anyone who might have this spiritual gift? Just think about that a bunch of times. Who do you know that does this? Who does it so well? Talk to them. We will, we will go about and uh, maybe, uh, again, Corey, if we can throw out a gospel thing, just to, something we can probably do pretty quickly and easily one of these days here. But if you know anybody who's very good that has the gift of evangelism, shadow them. Like, hey, can we go do this together? Can you teach me? Show me. We had hands. Uh, Heather, then Rick. I'm sorry. I don't have to quick. Only because I feel like this is important. God calls us all to do this because, let's say the ones that you put on YouTube News. There are only people in your sphere of influence that only you can reach. That is right. There, there are going to be evangelists that can't get into the group of people or group of friends that you guys are connected with. So that's yeah. why God says, hey, I know this isn't your gift, but you understand that person. You're going to be able to reach them. I can't get the evangelist who's more outspoken, yep. going, different type of personality. You might scare those kind yep. of people. So that's why God says, I need you because you are special enough to reach this person that's right. in this gift. So, does that make sense? Absolutely. So and it's scary, but, still. but you're still commanded. Yeah. Suck it up, buttercup, and do it. Okay? Talking to every single one you y'alls. Suck it up and do it. Quit being too prideful and full of your own hot air. Okay? You all have a command to do it. Yes. Yeah.